Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, to the standing between the living and the dead. Service number 806, by the way, since the plague came in a little bit after that God led me to do this service. One of the greatest privileges, one of the greatest joys of my life, and I've had many, and I give God the glory, praise, and honor. And even to this day, as old as I am, as uh, I look forward to this service. I, I can't explain it to you. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third, and the son of Daniel White Jr., the grandson of Daniel White Sr., out of New Bern, North Carolina, or as we say, North Kakalaki, president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Episode number 993, where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary and or the Matthew Henry Commentary. This podcast, my beloved, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8 where it says Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the word of God and the giving of the sense of it. It is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved by the grace of God from the wrath of God to come and saved by the grace of God through believing in Jesus Christ from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world according to John the Baptist. For he said these wonderful, loving, and most important words to mankind. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, my dear friend? Are you saved from the wrath of God that's coming upon this earth? Are you saved from the eternal burning hell in Lake of Fire? Lake of Fire? Uh, please understand that you are a sinner. Therefore, you are a criminal against God's heaven. And you are a criminal in his sight. For you have broken his Ten Commandments and even more. For we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care if you're Bezos. 
uh, I don't care if you are the head of a car company uh, Elon Musk I don't care if you've been to space or not I don't care how beautiful and fine you are as a woman I don't care if you think you're handsome as a man I don't care how, how much education you have or how smart you think you are you might as well come off your high, high horse your prideful horse and come on down here with us the rest of us sinners we're all sinners I am a sinner by nature and by choice and you are a sinner by nature and by choice the Pope is a sinner the Dalai Lama is a sinner even the pastor of the largest church in America Joel Osteen is a sinner as nice as he seems and he would tell you that and Joyce Myers is a sinner and she'll tell you that we're all in the same boat but you need to get as far as sin goes but you need to get on the old ship Zion that's going to heaven and so you need to understand also to do that that the wages of sin is death in other words the payment for all of your sins all of your lying all of your stealing all of your robbing all of your uh, lusting after people in your heart all of your covetousness of what other people have all of your uh, dishonoring and disrespecting your parents whether you're young or old all of your uh, dishonoring God and disobeying God and taking his name in vain that's just five or six of the Ten Commandments and we all have broken more than that and we have broken some of the sins repeatedly some of us many of us are living in sin we're living in a lie right now that we concocted 20 years ago 15 years ago you're still living that lie so you're living in sin and God wants you to understand that he put you on a beautiful ball called earth he gave you the privilege to live and to see the Sun and the moon on this beautiful ball called earth swirling around hanging on nothing but him his word and if he will allow us to die because of our sins and he will that's a punishment that's not that's not fun times when you die that's a punishment from God you need to understand that if you don't believe as Jesus Christ said in the most important words ever said to mankind in the history of the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life that's what Jesus said to you if you don't believe in him as he tells you to do you need to understand that God will allow you also to go to hell to burn forever make no mistake about it yet God loves you but you must understand do not think you know God like that we got people who are acting foolishly thinking they know God like that that oh no God is not going to send 
me to hell. God does not send people to hell. He's too loving. You don't know God like that, man. I'm telling you what the Bible says, what Jesus said from his own mouth. That if you don't believe in him and believe in the gospel he preached and the gospel itself, the good news that Jesus Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, by the power of Almighty God, therefore he is the one and only, only begotten Son of God. God's blood was running through his veins. John the Baptist saw him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the whole world. No more prophetic words have ever been said by the last prophet. Jesus Christ is the forever sacrificial Passover Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And all you have to do is believe in Him, trust in Him, have faith in Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shall be saved. For he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for our sins. I said our sins. Red, yellow, black, and white were all precious in God's sight. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe in him today, dear friend. As sure as you're looking at me, if you don't, if you refuse him because you love uh, your darkness rather than light, as he said, you love your sin more than you love righteousness and getting right with God by believing in his son and start following him. You love your jam, jam, boogie lifestyle. You love whoring around and whoremongering around. More than you love getting saved from the burning hell, go ahead. Go right ahead if that's what you want to do. But I would strongly encourage you to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn around and start following him. And he'll help you do all of that. So dear friend, if you want to get saved from hell today because he said, Jesus Christ said, who by the way preached more on hell than anybody in the Old Testament or the New Testament. He said, the flames of hell shall never be quenched, shall never be quenched, shall never be quenched. Don't let your pride cast you into hell. Don't let your party lifestyle cast you into hell. I heard something recently that the devil had a meeting with some demons. Demon number one, demon number two, demon number three. And he asked them, he asked those demons, demons, how can we damn more souls to hell? One demon said, Well, we can tell them that there's no God. And the devil said, No, no, that's not going to work because uh, they can just look around and see there's a God. Devil number two said, We can tell them. That the Bible is not true. And the devil said, no, that's not going to work. They can sense the power in the Bible. 
And then devil number three said, I'll tell you, devil, what we can do. We can tell them that there's no hurry. They have all the time in the world to do that. And the devil said to demon number three, you are a genius. We can damn millions of souls to hell by just telling them that lie. That they have all the time in the world to get saved. Because we know they don't. Today, my dear friend, is the day of salvation. The Bible says, tomorrow is not promised you. I want you to remember something. And I remember it. I think about it. That as I walk into a Walmart to get some tape or something, I just plan on being in there a few minutes. But as I'm walking through the door, I am reminded that I may not walk out alive. Do you remember the people in the grocery store in Buffalo? Remember that if you go to a 4th of July parade or some other parade, you may not get home. You remember Highland Park, Chicago? Just this year. You may work at a school like they worked at the school in Uvalde and little children went to that school. And the world has not gotten over that one yet. Even the media can't get over it. People who are hardened to news can't get over it. Well, you can go to an elementary school down in the veil and never come out alive. So I want you to remember that as you make your decision to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you or not. In the words of Dr. Billy Graham, You have a decision to make. It's your choice. God is not going to make you and I can't make you. But we're getting ready to pray right now the sinner's prayer. I would strongly encourage you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not your religion. Not your baptism when you were 12 years old. Not your going to church, not your serving in the church. You can serve in the church every day and still be lost and on your way to hell. You can give a million dollars to the church and still die and go to hell. You don't have enough money to buy this salvation. That's why it's free. Because there's nobody, nobody in this world has enough money to buy this salvation. God can't be bought. He can't be bought off or bribed. Nor can Jesus. You don't have enough money to pay for this salvation. There's nothing you can do to gain this salvation but believe in Jesus Christ. Oh, that hurts your pride, I know, because we always want to pay our way. We always want to do something so that we can feel like we earned something. You can't earn this salvation, man, woman. See, that's, that, that's what kills you. It just kills you that you can't do anything for it. So you can point back to it and say, I did it with your proud self. See, that's why you don't want to do this. But this is a free gift. And all you can do with a free gift is take it and be thankful for it. So if you want to receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus Christ has provided for you by suffering and bleeding and dying on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, and you want to get on the good ship Zion on his way to heaven, all aboard right now. 
Believe in your heart in Jesus Christ. And believe that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of God. Call on his name, for the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Follow me in prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner, and I lay aside my pride, knowing that I cannot save myself. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. Please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures, and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who I believe suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and save and transform my soul and spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change from my evil ways to your good ways. Help me to truly repent of all of my sins. And to turn from my evil life. And to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name, Lord Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just prayed that prayer with me and believed in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again from the dead by the power of God, I declare to you based upon the word of God that you are now saved And may I say to you, congratulations for doing the most important thing in life. And that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and calling on his name in prayer to save your soul. Now, to help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. That little book will give you the next steps you need to take to be the disciple, the Christian that God wants you to be. And also, if you have trusted the Lord as Savior, uh, email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com or gospellighthouseofprayer.com and let us know so that uh, we can pray for you and rejoice with you that you got saved and send you some more material. And so, dear friends, uh, at this time, we're going to resume our service already in progress. That is, the 806th standing between the living and the dead service at the point of the uh, Bible study which if you just got saved this will be your first Bible study and so beloved today we're reading Malachi 4.1 for behold the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh 
shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. And dear friends, I just read in your hearing Malachi chapter 4 verse 1. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it with the help of God's Holy Spirit and the help of the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary. Let me help you to understand that as a sinner, you need help to get saved. As a saint, you're still going to need help in this life. So you need to come off your high horse of pride and understand at times in life, in this life, you're going to need some help. And God's going to expect you to help others when they need some help. Uh, there's some people up in Kentucky. They're having floods that they haven't seen in hundreds of years. And they need help. See, once the, once the water gets to your windows and it's already over your car, look at me real good. You need help. If it gets to the roof, you need a whole lot of help. See? And, and God allows these things to happen to show us and to remind us that we need Him. The people who got saved today, by the grace of God, they understood that they needed help. Because there are situations in life you can't help yourself. And God allows things to happen to show you that you need help. Lay aside your pride and receive the help that God can give you. That's why he wants you to pray without ceasing, saints of God. And pray always, saints of God. And continue instant in prayer, saints of God. He wants you to remember the wonderful parable with the precept in the parable after the precept. That Jesus gave. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. God said this over and over and over again. Why? Because he wants you to understand from salvation to sainthood, you need help. A husband needs a help meet for him. His wife ought to be a help to him. Children need help while you are raising them. I remember my oldest daughter Danny and all uh, as the baby uh, she was the baby little baby she needed help she couldn't change herself she needed help growing up children need help Let me say something to both sides of my family. My daughter Nanny has reached out to you and she's led the others to reach out to you. I intentionally raised them without you. I intentionally did not want your influence in their lives. I'm talking to my mother. I'm talking to my wife's mother. I'm talking to my sisters. I'm talking to her sisters. Uh, her family and especially her Lady Macbeth aunts but don't you mess them up because I told my daughter Nanny it's okay that's what you want to do you're grown now if you want to uh, reach out to them that's fine but do not let them alter you or change you don't let them influence you. You influence them. 
And I, 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 mean, I, I mean that not only for my oldest daughter, Nanny, and I, I know she's very vulnerable because she's never had a mother. She's vulnerable, vulnerable to other women. And uh, even evil women who would like to mess up and foul up her life. And uh, telling her uh, how to get a man or any some mess like that or whatever, their way. And, and they know how to do it. Uh, don't mess them up. When they left here, they were doing great. And they have done great in their short lives on their own. You can help them if there's some... You got a, uh, a million dollar inheritance you want to give them and set them up. Give that to them, but don't give it all to them at the same time. Because that's going to make them even worse. I didn't raise them that way. I'm not influenced by money, and they should know that. And they've, they've given generously to me and to the ministry. But you can't control me by any money. And I don't want my children controlled by your money that you might be flashing in their face. Uh, you want to help them financially, help them uh, get this and that. and That's fine, but, but do not attach anything to it. But love, I'm telling and I know you're watching right now, that's why I'm telling you. Don't mess them up with your mess that I kept them from throughout their lives so that they can grow up without all of that garbage and hatefulness and bad attitude and bad spirit. It's already in them from both sides. It's a generational curse from both sides. That's why I raised them away from you. And... Uh, and you can try to get in between us all you want to. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work fully. Because my children know what I did for them. And they know I love them. And they know by my raising them the way that God led me to raise them. I left it all on the field. And so when they, they left, I, I wanted them to be as free of me as they want to be want it to be and because of some of the garbage in you passed down to them pride stubbornness rebelliousness willful casting the word of God behind your back and you doing what you want to do on my side of the family pride and stubbornness Jamaican pride and stubbornness Chinese pride and stubbornness on my wife's side Indian pride and stuff. On our side, we got Indian, Chinese, white, black, everything coming down the pike. And when you mix all those bloods together, you have a problem. And only Jesus Christ can save you and help you. Okay? So that's already in them. Don't put it in them more and mess up their lives because God will take away every blessing that he's blessed them with if they follow you. And your life uh, has not been that beautiful and, as, uh, and great and wonderful and dandy. And you had a chance to do more while they was growing up when we really needed you. So uh, don't, don't mess them up. <coughs> After I struggled and fought and prayed and raised them up by myself. Don't mess them up. And don't try to come in between us. Telling them lies. And devilment and foolishness. Now because see. Uh, God says vengeance is mine. I will repay. And I want my mother and my sisters. My nieces, my cousins, whoever you are, to understand that God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. You know what kind of junk and mess y'all were raised up in and how y'all fussed at each other and hated each other and, 
uh, would go shopping, cussing and fussing at each other and everything else. On my wife's side, some of you all are even worse with your pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness, and foolishness. Uh, at this point, I believe my brother-in-law has the most sense out of all of you. And, and you ought to be thankful that somebody married your daughter, and, uh, and you, you, you're knowing all of the mess that was in her, and who ironed it out and dealt with it. And now she's been married than all more. She's been married longer than all of you combined. You, uh, your mother, you, uh, her mother, uh, you, her mother, and your aunts and other family members. She's been married longer than all of you combined. So don't try to change her. You tried to do it and you failed. So leave her alone and leave my children alone. You want to send some money to help them? That's fine. You got an inheritance of a million dollars you want to pass on down to them? That's fine. I appreciate it. And they will too. However, regulate that money and don't let my oldest daughter Danny can handle it. But don't let the rest of them have that. Have it to be given uh, over, I mean, over years. We appreciate it. So, uh, that's a warning to you. Now, let's move on. God just wanted me to say that to you. I know you're shocked because it came out of the blue. God just told me to tell you that. Back to the Bible study. Malachi, he uh, elaborated on the day of the Lord, as in chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. And by the way, let me just say this. I don't want to get with you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I hope you get saved. On either side of my family. And I know my daughter, Danny, who never had a mother. She's excited about having a grandmother to say a few words to her. And Aunt T to say a few words to her about being a woman. Her cousins uh, about being, you know, a woman. Danita is too. All of them will be. Why wouldn't they be? But just make sure you say the right things. And I'm telling you, no, I don't want to get with you. I have no desire to do that. Uh, and yet I still love you and pray for you. Because see, I already know you on both sides of the family. I don't need, I don't want to be getting with you for nothing. You did not help us while I was raising these children by myself. Not one dime. Only time you wanted to do something on my side of the family was when you could see them. And, and we, were, we were together. Right? You, never, you never inquired about us. Never helped us. You probably, no doubt, went behind my back to communicate with one or two of the children. But you did not do anything for these children growing up. So don't try to manipulate them and use them against their father and turn them against their father, uh, which would probably be very easy to do. Okay, and no, I'm not interested in having Thanksgiving dinner with you. I'm not interested in having Christmas dinner with you. If that's what they want to do, they can. They're grown people now. And I know how that's going to end. It's going to end with more hurt on their part. And, I, and it's going to hopefully draw them to the Lord more and drive them to the Lord more. And, and, and certainly you in, in, on both sides of the family who are homosexuals, do not, I don't want you to say anything to my children. Uh, you homosexual devils. Uh-huh, yeah, I know. We got some homosexuals in the extended family. And I hope to God that none of my children turn out to be one of them. And by the way, don't let the monkeypox get you. But don't try to turn my children 
and influence my children to be homosexual friendly, gay friendly, lesbian friendly, or homosexuals and lesbians themselves because they got aunts and cousins and siblings, uh, not siblings, but aunts and cousins uh, and friends who are homosexuals. You're going to mess their lives up, and as sure as God has taken away the blessings from this country and from the church for doing so, God will take blessings from them and will take you out for messing with them. I'm not worried about it. I pray for my children every day. I've prayed for my children every day since before they were born. But I, and I assure you, God will mess your life up for messing my children's life up. Oh, I know you're listening. And, and, and some, of you, some of you who are not listening, the people who are listening are telling you right now, they're emailing you right now, you need to hear this, you need to hear this. Don't be trying to tell my children that I need to tone it down uh, about preaching against homosexuality, the abomination of homosexuality. It's more than what you know. You don't even understand how dangerous this is. See, because you're blind and lost yourself. You have no clue how much damage this has caused and is causing. I warn, I've been warning people about this for over 12 years now. Even longer than that. Really, I've been preaching against it for years, even before this. So much so that when I was pastoring a church, uh, one of the homosexuals in town got wind that I preached against it and read an article against it. I thought it was just a normal uh, article. He got so mad, he called himself jogging and jogged all the way up on uh, our church uh portico right in front of the door where people go in and defecate it. Okay? That, that goes back over 20 years ago. See, the, one of the reasons why God led me to preach against it even to this day is because that is a line that God does not want you to cross. And now you got AIDS and now you got monkeypox. Coronavirus was against the church for allowing you homosexuals in the church. Hill Song Church shut down because they allowed homosexuals in the church. Uh, the big church up there in Chicago. Um, Willow Creek lost its pastor because he was homosexual friendly. His wife was too. And, and and over over I want to say over 70 to almost 80 percent but I'm gonna stick with what the stats say over 60 percent of the preachers have quit since the coronavirus came in because you know you know why because some many of them were homosexual friendly they allowed homosexuals in the church some have committed suicide they betrayed innocent blood they took 30 pieces of silver they were paid off <coughs> And they knew what was going on. They knew what was wrong. Uh, they knew that they were wrong. So I say that to my family members who are gay friendly. Leave my children alone. Leave my children out of it. Now this is a fair warning to you. You can do what you want. They can do what they want. And God and whoever is going to be disobedient to this. Now don't, don't listen. Don't tell me that I can prophesy to the president and tell him the truth. None of my prophecies, none of my predictions have fallen to the ground. I can prophesy to the queen and to pastors who are great, some of them are great men of God and others who are not. And not prophesy to my own wife and to my own children and to my own family members. I, I, I've been well aware of what you've been doing for years. That's one of the reasons why I, I have no desire to meet with you or talk with you. As far as I'm concerned, the family is not broken at all. And, and, and there's no division whatsoever. you just doing what you want to do. 
I believe that my mother is not saved. I believe that my sisters are not saved, for they rule over men. They ruled over their own husbands. They tried to rule. My mother tried to rule over me. I stopped it, uh, and uh, and I, I I have told her recently that I'm over you in the ministry. There's no doubt about it. you, my mother, and I love you, and you're over me as as as, as my mother. But as far as the ministry is concerned, you will never be over me. I'm over you. That's a fact. And I have the authority of God to tell you that and to, te- and to tell you what to do. And what you need to do is stop calling yourself pastor and bishop and apostle and all of that uh, uh, standing over men and uh, ruling over men. Poor, the poor men in your church for years have been under your demonic Jezebel rule. And, and then you got your daughter set up to do the same thing. Your two daughters set up to do the same thing. Got young women holding, uh, praying, ministering on men. They can't reach the man's head. Got, you got to press his hand up against uh, the, ch- uh, the chest of it. Listen, most women know they can't handle that. They can't handle those rippling muscles and pecs m- moving. No. And and, and, and and I know what they have said. I don't have to be there. <clears throat> you know what they have said? When they got alone with the other girlfriend, ooh, girl, I felt something. See, uh huh, yeah. Oh, he got some muscles. I felt his heart beating in my head. You don't need, you don't need to be doing that. That's why y'all are committing adultery and fornication. Your husband is gone because he knows some other men in the church that has sex with you. He lives in another town. All kinds of mess has gone on in the church. And there's some things I, I have not said, so I don't want to get it. I don't want to say it. I know some things that I have not said from my mouth. I have, I have, uh, and, I, and I got a question about one thing. I'm not saying it right now. questions in my mind okay so go on about your business go on about your, leave my children alone don't turn them into whores and whoremongers and uh, lesbians and uh, homosexual men like you are I'm talking to my own extended family go on with your nasty selves and do what you are doing don't try to turn my women into a ferocious warriors against men because none of that is going to work with me and all you're going to do is uh, end up destroying relationships now that's what God wanted me to tell you today and if you missed it invite the family members from all over the nation and around the globe uh to listen every time because I, I, I'll say it again. And don't get so mad because I preach the truth to the whole world. I'm not just preaching to you. I preach to thousands of people a week. Okay? So it's not just about you. And I will say it again. And so don't get so angry and so mad that you plot with your devilish selves and family members to try to kill me. Because some people in the family and outside of the family will get so mad, homosexuals especially, will get so mad they will want to kill the prophet. And I already... uh, have warned you about that and uh, I have already uh, been informed about things so uh, there are more people who know about this than you think <clears throat> that's all free as in chapter 3 verses 2 through 3 The judgment on that day is described as a judgment of fire. The fact that it will burn like a furnace stresses not only its intensity, but also its judgmental purpose. It is not a fire that burns out of control. 
unlike 3, chapter 3, verses 2 and 3, which emphasized the purification of Israel, in particular the Levites. This passage emphasizes the destruction of the wicked. So complete will be the judgment that the wicked, the arrogant, the proud, and every evildoer, compared to stubble, will not have a root or a branch remaining. My, my, my. That's for some of you wicked family members who want to act like you're so loving now and you never did a loving thing for the children that you're trying to mess up and mess over. Thinking that you're using my children against me. That's not going to happen. They know better. This does not mean annihilation in the sense of cessation of being. The wicked will be resurrected. But rather the complete exclusion of the wicked from God's kingdom. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for leading me to say what I have said. And Lord, thank you for this Bible study. Thank you for leading me to preach the gospel powerfully and clearly with your help. And Lord, we pray now that you will help people who are wicked to humble themselves and to come to know your Savior. And Lord, we pray that you would revive those who are saved, save those who are lost. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen.